Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 342 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by the final X out, the pride of Easton, Pennsylvania, Willie Saylor. To my right, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr., or as we call him, DRLJ, starting today. And to my left, Stephen Kyle Brackey, who came back from his homeland with some new Nice West Virginia gear. Yeah, nice, nice little swag. Nice, and he has a mini helmet for his uh, for when he for when he commits uh, adultery against this podcast and joins uh, another podcast. West Uh, Virginia. Download and subscribe to the bootleg. Yes, please download, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Orioles baseball (laughs) for Nomad. Hey, Kyle lost his head coach. We did. That's that's the biggest thing that happened. We found a new one though, and I'm excited. Okay, I hope. Everyone else isn't hearing the music, but I hear it in my ear. Um, there it goes. Okay, I'm not. I'm not having a a moment. Okay, so a lot of stuff to get into because we haven't had this show since the Midlands and Scuffle Hello. ended. We had one right before Midlands. Willie and I, just an old school special. He did it from the floor. He was helping guys check their weight and whatnot. That was a nice little added dynamic. But we haven't got to talk about what happened at Midlands, what happened at Scuffle, and I want to kind of start with. What's coming up this week, and, and, and something I think is actually a good thing, but it was an annoying thing for a little bit there. So on December 31st, we get word Gavin Teasdale is wrestling at the Southern Scuffle, right? Uh, the, one of the tournament directors lets us know. It's very routine. Throughout the process, he's like, hey, this guy's in, this guy's out. Makai Lewis is out. Teasdale's in. Okay, wow, cool. He's, and he's also wrestling attached. Big deal. So write it up. Good stuff. He's in the bracket. Everything's, this is very routine. This, this occurs all the time. Then, Happy New Year, everyone, by the way, on January 1st, Gavin Teasdale is scratched on the day of the tournament. Another thing that is actually pretty common and happens routinely. So no Gavin, right? This is fine. Well, except everyone started freaking out. And normally, 
be, being on social media a lot, just because it's part of this job, you learn to kind of filter out when it's a thing and when it's just like a couple people. And this was like a thing that people thought that we slash I fabricated this story or came up with something. Now, what the end game there would be for me to do that, I'm not sure, and they didn't really think that through either because I don't know what the benefit of completely lying about something that wasn't going to happen would be, but in their minds, it was something that they think I would I would want to do. So you get all this like fake news, all this nonsense, and I was like, you know what? And, and a couple people reached out to me, and it was really, it was cool. And they're like, dude, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. And I didn't think it was. And then I was like, actually, this is probably a good thing. It's actually a good signal. It's an annoying thing that's a good signal, right? And and I felt the same way about this, this date and fix Nick Soriano thing. So I tweet yesterday, mm. happy Monday. It's date and fix versus Nick Soriano week, right? To which... And again, my filtration system's good. I know when it's just like an isolated idiot and when it's like there's a there's a number of people that really feel this way. And maybe low IQ wasn't the right word for the Teasdale <laughs> freaker outers or the, the Suriano kind of haters, we'll call them. They're ignorant because to suggest that we would fabricate a Teasdale story when we had – um, the email from Penn State to the scuffle saying he's entered, um, and to suggest that Nick Soriano or Dayton Fix, this match wouldn't happen, is to not know the nature of these two competitors. One, on the one hand, D Dayton Fix literally wrestles everywhere all the time exclusively. One time he was sick for the scuffle, but basically only wrestles. Like the guy just wrestles everything. Final X, Super 32, Who's number one, et cetera, et cetera. Flow Nationals. Flow Nationals. He wrestled at juniors when he was still cadet eligible. Then he wrestled mm -hmm. at cadets. Later and so the guy only wrestles. And, and so, but the majority of it was Suriano. They're like, this match isn't going to happen. Suriano's going to duck. And I'm like, how is that narrative even out there? It's like, this guy doesn't miss anything. And the irony of it is, is how frequently Suriano has actually been avoided, right? And, and you could say, okay, Spencer was in red shirt when he didn't come, but everyone knew Spencer was wrestling. He did not go to Rutgers and wrestle him. Nathan Tomasello went to a wedding, okay, instead of wrestling him. He, he admitted this, right? He, he said, I'm, go I'm going to go to this wedding. I'm not going to wrestle Nick Soriano. Okay, this year, Michich was there at, at Vegas. He didn't wrestle. So not that – and I'm not judging any of those instances. And then Lezak this week, right? Yeah. And I'm not – you know – all those things isolated, it's fine that they didn't wrestle. But for Suri, to get it turned on Suriano because he snapped his ankle as a true freshman and spent, snapped his ankle. Clean there's, break. There's, there's no, there's no, it's not like a suck it up situation. The ankle snapped, bones broken. There's no like um, gutted out situation. He was in the hospital for 10 days. So, and this is like, these aren't secrets. Everyone knows he broke his ankle. Everyone knows he was in the hospital. We have a whole story about it. There were multiple newspaper stories about Suriano in the hospital. So because he missed a Lezak duel last year in uh, some of Big Tens, I, so that's more ignorance, right? But, again, I think, you know what the NFL is full of? It's full of people who think they know what's going on and, and don't, have any issue opining about what they think is going on, and they're, they're completely clueless, right? There's a large number of people like that, and we're so accustomed, I think, or at least I have been, on, on wrestling Twitter, Instagram's the worst. The people on there are basically 
Th those are those are mostly just kids that know very little. And Facebook is is our dads yelling. And then Twitter was like the place for wrestling. It was like an, just a lot of really high level conversation um, that that you know you just kind of get used to it, right? Well, now so basically when you get an opinion on Twitter, typically it's like coming from a place of somewhat some expertise, right? Like they know what's going on. Like you got the Jake Angiches out there. You've got all these people that know what's going on. But now I think the sport's growing. And so there's a lot of people that are throwing their hat in the ring. They don't really know what they're talking about. But overall, I think that's actually a really, really good thing. And it's just up to us to just kind of deal with it. So um, that was kind of a, a little bit of a rant, but um, I wanted to get it off my chest. I also just think people are viciously scarred from the first month of the season and just assume no match of any import is going to happen. And that's fair. And you know what? I, um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, and that's, I guess that's my point. It's like, yeah, sure. Yes, we got, there were some matches that we thought were going to happen that didn't happen because guys didn't. But I just feel like Soriano and Dayton have, should have, through their track records, have earned that level of these guys will put it on the line because that, that's just what they're, in my mind, known for. It happened a month ago with Zahid and Mark. Everybody's like, no way this is going to happen. And we had to explain, like, guys, it is so out of character for these coaches or these wrestlers to sit out. And then, of course, the match happened. So, yeah, look, it could, could Dave and Nick not happen? Yes, but it would be extremely out of character and weird. For that Christian's disrobing. So I'll talk a little it's bit. Happening. I'm sorry. Um, it's happening. Yeah, it's the happening. The match is happening. So, you know, on the the first one, Christian, with the Teasdale thing, that was just, it was asinine, to be quite honest. Penn State entered a guy in a tournament. Yeah. They, entered a guy, they entered a guy in the tournament. I mean, nobody made that up. And for anybody to suggest otherwise, just, you know, you can make up news. You can't make up an entry. So he yeah. was entered in the tournament, attached. So uh, all the people that complain about that, that's just, I don't know, nonsense. And I I think uh, you're right about Soriano and Dayton, the, their character. And, you know, Soriano was vocal about um, Stevan not being at, right. at Cliff Keen. I mean, he's always, hey, you're in the building, I'm in the building, let's bang. Uh, Soriano's a tough dude. You know, he doesn't back down from anybody. And Dayton Fix certainly doesn't. Like you said, he wrestles everywhere. Um, but no man has a point. This is what happens when mm -hmm. high-profile matchups don't happen so often. Now, now and, Willie, what, which ones have we not had? I mean, Michich Suriano was definitely the one we were, like, highlighting. And I guess Gross Fix. Well, I, I shouldn't. Sometimes it's high-profile matchups. And sometimes it's just, I mean, Iowa has has had guys out, right? That, that was at the Iowa Iowa State. No, it wasn't Iowa Iowa State. But the, I mean, a lot of their starters sat for a while, right? Yeah. It was the Purdue um, duel. They were missing Purdue. Half their starters. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, and we've saw it. We've seen it in the past. Who was it? Was it Bo Jordan? Uh, Ohio State in years past have sat some guys. Um, so fans are a little timid. Is this really going to happen? Yeah. But don't 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 point fingers at Suriano and Dayton because that's not their character. Yeah, I don't know if I'm crazy to think that more ignorant fans is actually a good signal. Maybe I'm I'm the only one that thinks it that. probably is. You're right. I, people, I, you know, people shout from the rooftops. You know, we should 
I don't know why we're in a nickel defense. We should be playing. Oh. Shut up. Shut up. You are. I'm, I literally, I've watched football games with that guy, offensive and defensive coordinators. I'm like, you don't, you don't even, you're not even on this. I mean, right. I do it too. So well, exactly. Yeah. Case in point me. But, but you're so passionate. You're getting so passionate about it. Um, passionate enough to send a tweet that, you know, you might not be in the know. You might not be thinking it through, but you're passionate. So that is a good sign in some respects. Is, is it not an evolution for, for wrestling Twitter, though? I mean, wrestling, I mean, it's just like was nothing. For a couple of years, it was just like basically nothing but smart wrestling. Basically, everyone on there really knew what they were talking about. So I, I think it's really shifted. It's fine, but it's for us to deal with. Okay. We have so much to talk about. Um, so, so, uh, so often through the last, since we had the last show, I was like, can't wait to talk about this on FRL. Can't wait to talk. It's been a very busy couple weeks. And um, oh yeah, by the way, we're working on a, a little sloosh because um, we can't we can't have these kind of gaps in in our FRL programming. We're gonna kind of be the change here. So we're gonna, we're gonna try to figure out a uh, don't cry, Willie. We're gonna, we're gonna try to get Willie hooked up with a little little home studio situation. That way, if we're like, hey, we need we need to do an FRL. We need to do it now. It'd be something he can kind of run out of his his situation there. We hop on and maybe it'd be a little janky one, maybe not be in the studio, but we can get these takes off and not have like a, a week off between Midlands yeah. and, and now. Hey, real quick before we get into Midlands and Scuffle. Guys, Rich Perry's at a training camp at, at USA Wrestling and is running, and Man. it's incredible, and I think we should just acknowledge it before we uh, jump in. And so, Rich, I mean, we it, love you. We're, we're very proud of you, bud. It's amazing. I mean, it was his prognosis was bleak. Like, it was life or death. It was life or death. And then it was, well, he'll, okay, he'll live, but it'll never be. And the guy has just bucked every medical prognosis along the way and is literally running now. He's running. He's running. Just, I mean, it was what, August or September? Yeah, it wasn't terribly long ago. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. He looked big and strong. You know, in some of the pictures, he... You could tell he had lost a lot of weight. He'd been inactive, hadn't been eating much. I thought he looked like, all right, he's got some size, too. Like, he'd put some weight back on. Look, I mean, he's a big dude. I thought he looked big again. So, absolutely, thank you for bringing that up, Nomad, and uh, awesome stuff to see. And keep going, Rich. I'm, he's not done yet. Glad he's out there. Okay, I think we start with Midlands because it was first and order. And also, <laughs> Spencer Lee. We have to talk yeah. about this. I mean, it was... It was the talk of, I mean, it was the talk of the scuffle. You're at the scuffle, everyone's talking about Spencer. That's what everyone was talking to us about. That's what everyone wanted to talk about. Because it was so, when have you seen a guy with the perception of Spencer, which is many people think he's a top two or three pound for pound guy. We didn't have him ranked as such, but if you think he's there, that we, we certainly wouldn't think you're crazy. To see him have the second and third period he did against Glory, and to have that spill over into another match without seemingly any sort of injury happening. And so I guess we start with the glory thing. And, and really, he's in such a big hole early. He's down 12-0. The match is basically and was over at that point, right? But he almost got pinned in that assassin, which was, mm-hmm. which was crazy. And then after he recovers from that, he really just went into survival mode underneath just was not even interested in seemingly getting away which really surprised me he almost me. he almost went into survival mode for the rest of the tournament at that point you could you could argue that 
He he certainly listen, wasn't the hunter. From the time he was up uh, 12-0 on glory, he got outscored 13-3. Crazy. The yeah. only – when he was up 12-0, the, the next five periods, he scored three points, all of which were escapes. Yeah, I mean, it's just un, it's unheard of with him. And, you know, what, what, what to make of it? Well, one, you give credit. You give credit to Glory. Now, here, I'll give you some, you know, after Glory got teched, everyone was all excited. I was not as excited because I thought Patrick Glory was really awesome, and then he got teched. This was more, this was one I can get with this one. Yeah. I, get, yeah, he, I mean, he scored we, were points. Watching, we were watching, right, after the Glory match at Carver. We were all like, should we, can we say it? Can we say Glory looked good in getting teched? Yeah, but I say he looked good here. He looked really good on top, very aggressive. He's going to be, and he's got pitch this weekend. I have no idea what's going to happen in that match. Fascinated by it. I am fascinated as well. I mean, I, I give glory. I, I think, to me, it's a coin flip match. That's really how I view it. I don't know if maybe people... You know, if if glory comes back against against Spencer, and Spencer has some fight, and Spencer gets his hand raised, okay. Glory's pretty tough. If Spencer gets beat by Sebastian Rivera, we're still surprised because Spencer, frankly, shouldn't lose or nobody thought he would lose. Um, but to do it in the fashion that he did, it was a change of character, right? It was like, uh, it, it's hard to explain in, in that he didn't do much. Right. Well, I think one in. In the first period, Rivera did not let him get his hands on him. He stayed away, stayed away, darted in. It was a little um, Delgado-esque. Tony Ramos said it reminded him of kind of how Brewer was. Like, he would wrestle from space, and he'd be able to dart in. Hmm. And, yeah, his coach. (laughs) So, I I think that one. And then his dog-on-a-bone mentality when he got to that single. That was a stalemate to me. I mean, I th- I thought it would be a stalemate. After he didn't get the initial finish, Spencer's so good there with Wizards and stuff, it, it just didn't seem like it was going to happen. He's like, he just figured out a way to get that finish. And it, from that point on, and maybe not even from that point on, it, that makes it sound like something changed from before it happened, <laughs> after it happened. Because it really it was just, and this was something that Coach Brands pointed out, that it was like, you know, he didn't seem too bothered by the takedown, which is good, but it didn't change his – there was no urgency. There was no, like, pressure. There was no, like, got to go after him, force a lot of attacks. He yeah. got his hands locked only a couple of times. The closest he really got to a takedown was with he had that, like, front quarter and almost crunched him over. Did you see – I mean, he must be stronger than – we say it often, how strong he must be. But when he had that quarter, most people don't get – so close with that. Oh, he, he's he is he's a freak. That's what they say. He's just totally a freak but, of nature. Yeah, Sebastian stayed away. I, didn't you think in watching it that at some point, okay, Spencer's going to close this distance. Spencer's well, just going to attack I, and get I, hands. I thought, and it never happened. I thought he he would take top, which he did, and I thought he'd be able to turn him, and he could not. That was for me the thing that was like, whoa, yeah, because that that was the whole thing, right? But like. So we talked about this after CKLV, and we had this conversation kind of when he missed an ODU duel about how I thought Rivera was, like, really focusing on Spencer, and he talked so much both on camera and off camera about 
I can't give up that first takedown. I can't give up that first takedown. Well, not only did he not give it up, he then got it. Yeah. Because, and part of the reason he was aware of that is because he knows that what Spencer does to everyone is put them in 6-0, 10-0, 12-0 holes. Yeah. Which is exactly what happened to Pat Glory. So when he got out in the third, it was like he hit both points of his game plan, which is which is like the game plan against Spencer, which is don't give up the first takedown. And good Lord, if you can, get out from bottom. Right. So can we talk about the, the narrative, so to speak, uh, and we had we had mentioned it in the office, something we noticed. But now it's, I guess it's as pronounced as it is now. Other fans are talking about it too. It's like Spencer, if you get um, if you don't get teched in the first or early second, I don't know if he gets rattled. I don't know if his pace slows. Is it his gas tank? Is it his confidence? Yeah. Um, so that's why I advocated for Rivera to. Stall in the first pick. Run just, like heck. Dude, if you're down two or three oh, hey, you got you got a shot against Spencer. If you you there's no digging yourself out of the twelve oh hole with him, right? Or ten oh or even six oh. He's been in that six oh hole before against Spencer mm-hmm. and he wasn't able to come back. He kinda handled those next two periods in the duel and carver and S- Rivera couldn't come back. So I'm like, give up a stall point, give up two points. Just don't let him get on top. Do what you gotta do. He kinda took a, a little alternative approach and just went after him, sort of. But <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, listen, there's nothing but nits to pick with, with Spencer. And if you're right. if you're locating opportunity, your opportunity is in the second and third periods. We we could pull up the um the Spencer's numbers for the scoring breakdown, first, second, and third period, and it goes like this. It starts high and it goes down. Okay? And for, for that reason, yeah, I mean, you can say what you want, but just looking at pure data. You don't have to look at there's your opportunity. I got it right here. Okay. All right, so this, just this season, which I'm going to try to run last season as well. But anyway, just this season, uh, scoring by period. First period, Spencer Lee, 122, opponents 3. Second period, Spencer Lee, 6, opponents 3. Third period, Spencer Lee, 1, opponents 4. Okay. So a big... A, <laughs> it's a huge difference. It's a big drop-off, and he's still uh, outscoring them in, in two of the three periods, but it, it's definitely evidence of, you know, something... Right, he's. What do you think it is? You think it's stamina, confidence? I, I don't I think, think it it's stamina. Li- I think. I think it might. My personal opinion, and I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm just an armchair quarterback. But I think it's like anxiety. Like I think mm-hmm. he gets in late matches and and matches late and and I don't know. I don't want to say he freezes, but he's certainly not himself. Well, and you have to wonder someone that has been. He has been so frequently in matches that are over before they start. I mean, how many of his matches are over before they start? So many of them. It's like zero shot. You're not going to win, right? And and so we're seeing in these really tough competitive matches, if you're not used to it, I'm sure it's a little tougher, right? But there are times, though. Sure, his uh, his cadet fi- or junior world final at 50, he he definitely there, had to right, cut there it are, There are times. Yeah. Right, Cadet World or Junior World Finals. Um, NATO he was in, in a the t- Ohio State tight goal. match yeah. with NATO. I mean, his final with Suriano, uh, he didn't, he didn't fade. No, um, NATO at NCAA's too. NATO was coming in the third period. He won yeah. that scramble and iced him. He pinned him. Yeah. So, but I, there, there are know. times where he clearly is not himself late. Yes, I mean, you, you go back even, you know, why bring this up? But I think it's, you know, him losing to Dayton and Akron. You know, he. He was so hot 
I mean, we saw it even there. He was up two huge leads in a four-minute match, mind you, right. which says to me, he's not gassing. He's not gassing. He's not gassing in four minutes. He's not gassing in seven minutes. I'm sure he can wrestle forever, right? I, it's something else. And don't don't look to me to know, but it's it's something, and it's something we haven't seen with transcendent guys really before that I can recall. I can't recall seeing this. And so I don't know what it means for... Now, so the, so the question becomes... All right, is 125 anyone's game, or is this just one time? You know, Spencer lost to Ronnie Presser, right? That happened. It's just one of those things that happens. It's a bad little run, and he's going to recover. Now, the interesting thing is, and hey, here's a stay, and maybe it's where I'm a little cynical, and I shouldn't be, but are we going to get this Rivera-Lee match, right? You're talking about the duel. Yeah. See? January twenty seventh, and and so maybe I'm hypocritical there, but you there know, there you go. We're we're starting to wonder. Already. At least one, but at least you know Rivera has made weight and not wrestled this year, and you know, and and a year ago Spencer Lee lost in the semis and and forfeited out. So at least there's like something, right? Yeah. At least there's something that that would suggest, yeah, maybe they they wouldn't. But you know, if it does happen, we're gonna learn a lot about where Spencer is and and how much validity there is to do it. And, you know, Rivera had to be so up for that. I mean, he was so ready, so prepared. How do you not let that be a, a Super Bowl, too? Because you're going you're gonna to have him in the duel. You're going to have him at Big Tens, NCAAs, uh, potentially. Christian doesn't, like, Christian doesn't like making picks or prognostications this far out. I know this. But state of 125, are you changing your mind? Are, are you still taking Spencer in March? Who you got at 25? Yeah, I got Spencer, and I'm not going to um, – it, it's going to – you know, we talk a lot about in, in rankings, like identity change, like different dude now. Like, it's just – Zeke Moisey, yeah, you made the NCAA finals, but it's it's clear you're not that guy anymore. I, one loss to Sebastian Rivera is not going to change my perception of 125. To me, it's it's Spencer's weight to lose because you pick here's – how, here's how you pick. You pick under the assumption that each guy is at their best. The best version of themselves. And and there's no there's I cannot reconcile picking anyone else. Basically I am picking Spencer to be down and Rivera and the others to be up beyond him, which is there's no evidence to suggest that you should think that's going to happen. So I do not think that's going to happen. I think Spencer's gonna win one twenty five. Agreed. Last thing about uh the duel. So if one or both of them do not wrestle in the duel. What is the advantage? Like, what is the advantage of Spencer not wrestling? What is the advantage of Rivera not wrestling in the duel well, for for those guys and for those teams? So, if Spencer's not ready and and maybe it's not have his, it's he just doesn't feel as prepared, doesn't feel, don't throw him out there because you know another loss could really you know could have some sort of a an effect on him, right? Maybe um, for Rivera, you know, you've got the win over him. Now, I I think it's so crazy to think. Seeding, because one, what well, are we talking about? Big ten seeds right now? Because who can one two? Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't matter. And two, we're, you're going to wrestle them at, at Big tens anyways. So there's nothing really to protect. You get another opportunity, but maybe you say, I don't want to give. Maybe Sebastian could say, Hey, maybe I don't want to give him another opportunity to feel me, even though they've wrestled three times. I don't think that really makes sense. Let's just hope the match happens. I really mm-hmm. do. And and shame on me for being cynical. Okay, what else about Midlands? Um, Iowa wins it going away. You and I had a great tournament. Yeah, I want to talk about Wick Marinelli. Uh, that was a 
that was a really interesting match. I thought Mar- Marinelli wrestled the way you got to wrestle. You got to finish quick on him, and he was on him. I didn't. I wasn't really with the stall calls as many of them as there were against Marinelli. I thought he was mostly active um, for the most part. I get I get a point, but I thought it was a little. I wasn't it's as upset as Tom how, Brands was, but I thought it was a lot. It's crazy how perceptions change even during the course of a single event, right? Like, <laughs> well, uh, Marinelli had a tough match with Viruette overtime. I think I think it was overtime. I mean, those guys were banging. Yeah, that was well. And match. you're like, you know, before the se- before the tournament started, you're like, Wick Marinelli can't wait to see that matchup. It was sixteen three last time. No way it's going to be. Um, that big a blowout, but then Viruette goes with goes with Marinelli, and you're like, all right, this the Bull's not on today. He ain't he ain't beating Wick, right? And then he beats Wick. But, it's not, it's but also in the semis, he smashed Shields. Yeah, which is which is telling. So yeah, Viruette is just tricky, and and Marinelli's not great on the mat. Okay, he's not not great underneath. Virat just challenged him in a lot of positions. Marinelli couldn't hold him down. He's scrambly, tough dude. This guy beat Chandler Rogers. John Virat's tough. So I, I think that was just a matchup thing, maybe, and maybe maybe he overlooked him. I don't know. Who really knows? But yeah, Marinelli gets it done. Four three, solid win. And uh, maybe it takes a little steam off the Wick Chinzo match. Although for me, I'm still fascinated because matchups, matchups matter, right? But. Um, Man, you, you watch, and I don't mean to transition to the scuffle, but you watch Chenzo, and guys are guys try to roll with him and funk him, and he just seems to have that. At least you can't dive roll on him anymore. I mean, I don't think so. We've seen him. He countered Shields for six when he went dive roll. He countered Marsteller for the uh, icing takedown. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, man, with Chenzo can be a great match, but – Wick may have to get it done on top, and I'm not sure if Spencer or if Chinzo can get ridden. All right, real quick, uh, DeSanto over Gonzer, Albert Murin, Kalogic v. Thompson, and you know, 49 was amazing. 49 was weird, right? With a Pantelio down there for one time, and then it's like, oh, we're gonna Pantelio could be the number one guy by the end of the weekend, but not so. Um, Is 49 gonna be great again next year? Why There's a lot that? of good young kids. Oh, because Teamer, Lee, and Sasso. I mean, Sasso is just so – I love that kid. He is so freaking fun. And, and uh, you know, he's – Teamer bang with Kalazic. I know. I seen it. He kind of – kind of From, from the, the, the vibe I got, both from the coaches and Chikori himself, was that next year hit 57. Mm, not 74. Not 74. All right. Mm. Well, well, we'll hold on. So uh, Deacon over Young, Valencia over Lujan, Foster over Wilkie, Brucky over Sloan. Tanner Sloan was the talk of the town. Yeah, Tanner Sloan, um, Tex, Jacob Warner, st- stunned me to to no end. Um, I had I had maybe read Tanner Sloan's name. I think I remember him. He wrestled in one of the All Star things or something. Dream Team, I think. Dream Team. But but I, I won't say I, I saw this coming at all there, that I knew he was that good from the top position. He was down to he was his recruiting came down to SDSU and um like a D two or D three Grandview. Team. Oh, was it Grandview? I mean that's he's an Iowa kid that would seem. Oh. Well, I don't know, but hey, Bono was telling me. Bono was telling me because he's like 
he's not far outside of Iowa City. And when, and so, you know, the obvious thing, why didn't you and I get him? Why didn't I would get him? Bono was telling me, like, he's like a farm kid. And when they showed him, like, the ag school at SDSC, it was like, we saw it, we showed him, like, goats or something. And he was like, this is awesome. I'm going here. <laughs> you got to know, that's that sales, <clears throat> that salesmanship. So, yeah, uh, Bono could use him right now at Wisconsin. Um, are they going to, what's the, oh, Bresky. Are they going to pull Sloan or is he going to redshirt? No clue. I say wrestle him. I say wrestle him. Let's get, let's get Damien on. As Although, like, I don't know, we, 97's kind of weak. Here's my he might thing. Might be able to get on the podium. Oh, for sure he could get on the podium. No offense to anyone ranked number four, but Rocco Kaywood is ranked number four at 197. And Rocco Kaywood is fine, but he is just not the typical number four ranked wrestler in the United States of America. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. What did, you, what did you take away from... Um, and, and yet... Sorry, uh, I, last thing, Warner is still, like, sixth, despite losing... Fifth. Th- fifth, despite having... And, like, there's no real way to justify him being much lower because he's really? ahead of Whit Miklas. I was say, are you complaining it. about yeah, your own little, ranking? I, no, I am complaining about it because they made me do it. I don't know if you can hit it, right? You can't really penalize him for Sloan. Snow, Sloan's not in the field. And then he lost to Kaywood, who's ahead of him, who wasn't ahead of him, but now he is because... My goodness, what can you do? So, yeah, 197 for sure. But here's here's my tea leaf situation. I don't know if Gross is coming back. In fact, right now I would predict that Gross does not come back this year. So, And I think he would meet the criteria for a medical. So if you're South Dakota State, maybe you say, hey, we hold on to it knowing that, and then next year roll out Sloan and Gross. I second the notion that he will not return this year. Yeah, so we'll see. It it definitely it takes a little, a little it takes a lot of juice off of 133. But you still have Fix Soriano. You still have. Oh, uh, yeah. It's still I so mean, nasty. You lose you lose the returning uh, national champ. It's a hit, but who has him on their fantasy team? If there's one weight that That's could, big. if there's one weight that could use it, that could suffer that blow. Yeah. It's 133. Imagine right? if Nickel was out of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh boy. Or shoot, if Nolf wasn't at fifty-seven, that mm. way the number two guy lost to, lost to Griffin Perriot this year. Space. That would be the man to our left. Dang it! Ooh, Bracky has gross. Bracky has. Gross. Hey, I've got I've got quite we're, a few thirty-threes. For we're me. all walking wounded. Not me. Spay has a uh, Rock Zacherl. My team is filthy. Uh, my, your my team's all right. My bench is absurd. I'm gonna run you out the gym. Um, okay. What well, it's gonna be? It's gonna be, in the it's, finals. It's so. gonna be like the scuffle where it's gonna be just my team versus my team. Ernesty RBY NCAA final. I'm calling it. All right. Are you ready? Oh, I just got Tariq. Just got hurt. Yeah, he did. I, yeah. It was an ankle, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I I always think it's better than the knee, right? What did he hurt at Akron? No idea. Or am I making that up? Wasn't he hurt at Akron? He was concussed, remember? He was concussed. Oh. That's what it was. He was dropped on a stone piece yes. very hard. His yes. foot is the furthest thing from yes, his head. that's so right. So we it know it's not, not a, that. It was not a <laughs> foot injury. How about him being up? He was up 2-1. He was looking good. It did not look like he was going to go Luke's way. That was interesting. We Luke should probably just, that, Did you watch that Luke match? Had, I watched most of it. I mean, Luke had that standing single, and I was like, all right, Luke looks sharp, and 
Tariq managed to get out of it. Yeah. So th that was interesting. Hopefully Tariq's back because he certainly makes that weight very, very fun. He's a he's an X Factor wild card, dark horse, whatever, whatever cliche thing you want to say. All right. So anything else from anything else from Midlands? Um, thoughts on Warner? I mean, on one hand, you know he comes in and maybe he's a finals contender right as a freshman. On the other hand, listen, he's a freshman. He took fifth. That's pretty darn good. I don't know. Well, it's just, you know, expectations for yeah. the number one guy coming out of high school are, are high, right? And especially when you lose to a guy that was not really recruited, who is a true freshman at a non-traditional program, who is from the state you represent, you know, in Iowa, that was a little, it's just a little jarring. I mean, it's, no, it's, yeah, fifth is what good. What was his other, his other loss was Kaywood? Kaywood. I mean, it's, it's, he didn't wrestle well. He did not wrestle to his potential, and that's, you know. That happens to many people at tournaments, and we'll, you know, he'll be back. The back and he'll, half he'll of the lineup, fine. the back half of the lineup, was very tentative. Like Wilkie, Wilkie did his job, right? But I yeah. don't know if he scored a first period takedown in like four of his matches. Yeah, no, Wilkie. Yeah, Wilkie's Wilkie. He remains Cash Wilkie. He's not. He's a uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Excuse me, Bitcoin. So. All due respect to the Bitcoin. Um, All right. Um, Want to do scuffle? scuffle? Let's scuffle. Scuffalonians. So, Scuffalonians. It, just to briefly bring it back to Gavin, I wonder. They, they were, so, they were going to pull his red shirt, right? They, they're going to wrestle him. They're like, hey, we're going. We're going. And I, I actually think it's a good decision if they do it because, you know, I, I guess it's not. A, you, we can talk around it or whatever, but. I think plugging in Gavin into that structure of the lineup and making weight and being with the team would be really good for him. And I, I th that's why I think it's good if they wrestle him right away. Not only does he make their team better, because he's certainly better than, um, you know, Schnupp or whatever, but I think for him, I think for Gavin, it's a good thing for him to get plugged back in, provided he's ready to go. Now, him not wrestling... January 1st, what happened? My thought is, and it was always known, 25 is going to be a stretch for Gavin. It's going to be tough. So my guess, only a guess, is that he wasn't going to make the weight. I don't know that. But he, y'all saw him the day before and said he looked pretty sucked down. Like, looked, yeah, lean. we were walking into the arena as they were leaving the day before. And I saw Gavin, and we didn't know he was going to be there or anything. And, uh, yeah, he looked, he looked sucked. Yeah. So maybe that was it now. So my question is, will we see him this weekend? They have two duels this weekend. Right. And even going back to when, so when, you know, as uh, as recruits come in, right, and we kind of start looking at where guys will be in the lineup going forward, we always kind of knew that they were going to have to do some juggling redshirt-wise to get True. Uh, Teske, Teasdale, and, and RBY in. And it usually ended up with, uh, 125, one 125 goes, the other 125 goes, then RBY bumps. Mm -hmm. And Gavin goes 33. Because I thought, I watched T uh, Teske, I watched every one of Teske's matches, and to me, it seems like he's going to be the 25, and that Tizo's going to, like, Tizo just looked bigger. Well, Looks yeah. bigger, was bigger, is bigger, will be bigger. Yeah, everyone, everyone so, knew that for all, all along, that Teske was a small 25, and that yeah. Tizo was a big one. But yeah, but that requires one of them wrestling now, and it 
it, it would make the most sense if it was Gavin because if he's going to make 25 effectively ever, it'll be this year. He's only going to get bigger, right? So I don't know if we'll see him this week or not. Um, doubt we'll find out until it happens. Can't imagine he's going to wrestle against Rivera, right? Oh, my gosh. That would be his first match. Maybe Connor Brown. <laughs> That'd be, a, that'd be a pretty spicy one. I'll be I'll be there for Wisconsin, so okay. if I find out any information before um, 2 or whatever the match starts, I'll be sure to let the world know. I'm certain you won't, but... I mean, like, weigh-ins, like, if he weighs in. There you go. Like, that that is information. I bet if he starts wrestling Connor Brown, we'll know that his redshirt's been pulled. <laughs> okay, so that's that's 25, um, the not-wrestling... Part. The other, the wrestling part was Nick Piccinini was better than everyone. Beats Rico Montoya. Not a lot to say. He dominates throughout. He's got glory uh, this weekend. And maybe we get into some predictions because uh, th- this week is fire. There are fire. so many. It's that's that's the big challenge with this show. It's like we got to look back, but we have got some heat coming this week. Can I just say it angers me? Mm. And this isn't really anyone's fault. But it angers me that Nick's schedule this year isn't as challenging as it could be for him, at least. Like, obviously, Oklahoma State wrestles a tough schedule, but like for him, he doesn't have more than I don't know th- two or three big matchups. And yeah. I, w- I wish we do because I, I, you know, pitches. I mean, he's a guy who got fourth, right? He he's good on top. He's good on his feet. Like, this is a guy who could be in the finals. You know, we're, in two, we're in January. We're in January, and. It's funny you mention it about pitches because his bonus rate is sky high, but he hasn't hit top guys. And I was doing the grades for you know Penn State, Iowa, and I, I I'm digging up stats. I'm looking at bonus rate and stuff. But we're in January, and a lot of guys have not hit. Like, I mean, you talk about the guys that Penn State's bonus rate, but like a Nick Lee. Yeah. Nick Lee, Nick Lee, bonus rate sky high. Looks great. Can't really do anything with it though, but say eyeball test because he hasn't hit a top guy. Same with Rashid. Yeah. Same with exact same thing with Rashid. Yeah. And he, you know, he hits Bolin. Who's we'll get to eighty four, but you know that was a little surprising to me. But yeah, the thing in Big Twelve at, at one twenty five is not uh, amazing. Fleetwood and. Montoya are the two, three there, then Werner. So those are good guys, but there's not guys you would necessarily put as pitching in these peers by by their results. So he'll hit Glory. He'll hit Spencer and in the duel. Yeah. Um, so that would be one. Uh, and he had, he had Ravon in Reno Finals, who Ravon's looking like a rock-solid top-ten guy this year. But again, still maybe a step below um, Nick. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a Bresser. It's not a Rivera. Mm-hmm. It's not a, yeah. Uh, Mueller. So that's 25. Not much else to say there. 33 was the one we were fired up for coming in. And man, it really delivered, you know. And it was an interesting day one of 133 because you had RBY looking just not like the RBY we had seen, right? Mm -hmm. He was not particularly offensive. His pace was a lot slower. He was just like just winning, right? Just doing yep. enough to win, which is not. I mean, been the one went seen. to overtime. The one, it went to overtime, and you know this that is not. Was... This wasn't like okay, RBY had an easy schedule, and now things are ramping up, and it's up. These were not guys. These guys weren't as good as as Patzel. These guys aren't as good as as Tim Rooney, right? These are these are okay guys, but guys that that RBY probably will eventually handle. But he well, he, or, it, 
his activity level, like he wasn't as busy, like just eyeballing it. And what I thought, and this is total speculation, but you know, you see, you see his previous matches, and he's very busy, and he's scoring a ton of points. And then you watch the opening round to the scuffle, and he's winning four one or eight six in overtime. And the, that was day one. And so, like my first thing was, this is his first two day weigh in. Yeah, but, but would you know. not see that? But would the adverse effects not be more apparent? I say instead of the, I do think it's weight related, but I don't think it's the two day weigh in. I think it's just like the time off from not making weight, and maybe he got a little big and had a bad day one cut. Because day two, even in the the Gomez loss. He he was more offensive against Austin Gomez than he was against the Air Force kid, right? That's, that's I mean, he right. looked yeah. fantastic against Gomez, and then Gomez does what he does. And the, the thing I didn't get to mention about Austin, he's down nine two to Ty Smith, and has like an amazing a blast of a comeback. Seven takedowns. He cuts him. He's tied and he cuts him that with was... like thirty seconds to go after riding him for like 10, 12 seconds. And I'm like, what are you doing? But it doesn't matter because it's Austin Gomez and he does what he pleases. And he gets the <laughs> takedown as as time is expiring for the win. And you're like, oh my gosh, this kid is so fun. And then I went into I went into that semi thinking, all right, I think probably RBY. And then after watching them in day one, I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Because what if Gomez digs himself in a hole, which he actually did, um, then what's going to happen? I don't think he can recover that against RBY. What if RBY looks that inactive, Gomez will break him. But instead, we get kind of like a melding of the two where RBY looks amazing, but then Gomez just comes after him, jacks up double unders, and the bomb of the match uh, or of the tournament and pins him. Can we – one more thing. Guys – RBY did not get caught. Okay, Austin Gomez does Thank that. You. All right, Ar- yeah. was it was it? Um, could yes. RBY have won the match? Absolutely, sure. But he didn't get caught. Austin Gomez does that. He's that, been doing well, this for years, years now. He digs himself in holes, and he could care less. He stays calm, and then he just fights his way out of it. And I think that yeah, I think you walk away from that though. That match, you know, RBY scoring points. I, I think you believe in both of them, right? I don't think you sell stock Correct. in either of them. Correct. Right? Yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, I left that match, and it was almost like Snyder said July. We were like, ah, the pin kind of ruined what I would have loved to see that materialize. But that's the thing about wrestling: if you pin someone, they don't let you keep going. And Nomad, to your point, that that is that's the ignorance I'm talking about. Yeah, that's another example. You don't know about Austin Gomez. If you th- if you think this is uh, just something that happened, you don't know anything about Austin Gomez. You haven't watched this guy wrestle. You didn't watch him lateral drop Austin DeSanto. You didn't watch him at Fargo when he was bombing everyone. This is what he's done his entire career, right? Yeah. And whether it's storming back through leg attacks or it's upper body stuff, Gomez has always had that in his arsenal. He's very diverse skill set, and it's not he did not catch uh, Roman Bravo Young. Uh, one more thing on RBY. Again, I I don't know. I'm I'm with you guys. I'm reading Tilo's. I, I think it had to have been something along the lines of a bad weight cut or just not feeling right. Because if you so you look at day one or day two versus day one, he had twice as many takedowns on day two versus day one. Now obviously he lost to Gomez, but twice as many takedowns was able to get riding time in one of those matches. Um, and honestly, it, it would have been even worse. But he kind of ha- he kind of had to get some takedowns against Girardi. So I don't know. I just think it was better day two. I think his it, it was almost good for him because I was talking to him afterwards, and he, you know he RBY is smart, right? Like he's like, hey, did you see my Instagram? Because he said like uh, started twenty nineteen on my back, have nowhere to go but up. 
So like he has the right mindset about these things. So I, I think RBY is going to be fine. But yeah, it was. Yeah, I, it, he was I, just I, not the loss. Don't one. bother me at all. I I was impressed with his day too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he was more offensive against better wrestlers. He, yeah. he yeah. Made, wrestled Pengilly and Nickel, who were all like who were both solid guys, and he looked good against Gomez till till he got pinned. So that was um, probably the match of the tournament. Uh, if I have to say so, it was electric. Gomez wins, and then uh, ultimately faces Dayton Fix, who is looking outstanding. And I think I think Fix Soriano is the NCAA Finals, uh, personally. So I think we'll get a nice little preview Sunday. And, yeah, G- Gomez is not just does not match up well with Dayton. And I don't know that um, he ever really will. I, I don't know if that's a solvable problem. We'll see at Big 12s. He's going to have to... He's gonna have to force him to upper body, but Dayton's really good upper body. When you go under, he's gonna throw the overhook and inside trip you. I, I did notice when I was well, going back and watching that match because I was doing interviews, so I don't always necessarily get to watch these matches live. Is Dayton normally hand fights really? He tries to like dominate you in the hand fight, but he was kind of not tentative, but like he was the the way he said in the interview afterwards was he was more aware of the stuff that Austin can do upper body. So I I thought that he adjusted his hand fight well. Um, which I mean, he always does it against Austin, but he adjusts his hand fight well to to match what Austin was giving him. Right. Some guys you can come at him like a wildcat, like Dayton typically does. So that's showing some maturity on his on his head, like kind of picking his sp- spots. He still can kind of like be forward and take mm-hmm. ground without having to be uh, the the wildcat. So that was good. Um, we were forty one. De- we were deprived Brock Woods, which I think would have been a really tough tough match for Cade. Mm-hmm. Cade um, forfeits out with a ankle injury, and then Nick Lee takes care of business in a pretty close match against Real Woods, who I said they should pull his red shirt and Shane Griffiths because they're clearly ready to go. Um, but I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. But yeah, Nick Lee looks good. I, there, I don't know. I think Woods is a low AA contender this year. Perhaps, but not much else. So it's not necessarily indicative that um, Lee is just like at a super high level right now. But I think he's he's definitely good. And there's, I think you just say, okay, move on. He looked good. Forty nine. Yeah. yeah, right, Willie. I mean, I don't know. Yep. There's not there's not a lot to talk. Yeah, about. not a lot to take away from it. I mean, the thing <clears throat> the thing to take away from it, uh, bracket wise, is like uncertainty with Cade. Yeah, is there and uncertainty? I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that he hasn't looked particularly great this year. He hasn't looked like the up to par for the Cade Brock that we know. And then he goes to scuffle, and he. Why are you guys laughing? Because I I wanted to see. Uh, I pulled up the Facebook stream, and I didn't have my speakers off, and it started playing. So I, I was oh. hearing what you, I wanted to rehear what you said because you're speaking so eloquently, Willie. So Cade's, Cade's not the best version of himself. I don't think anybody would um, disagree with that. And then he goes to the scuffle, and he forfeits out. Meanwhile, I don't know. You have you have a you have Boo Lee Wallen on the shelf that might be ready to come back, and you have Cade Gefeller that's uh, a forty-one doing monster stuff at forty-nine. He looks like a forty-nine to me. One, two. I think Boo's done for the year, and he'll get a medical. Yeah, yeah. That's perhaps. my. I'm my... just. I'm no. just saying it's interesting, and you know, Caden. Uh, by the way, Caden's on pace for five uh, scuffle titles. Yeah, um, him so and Mark, Mark Hall. Hall. Yeah, is he? Yeah, he's um, got three. 
But man, talk about a monster week. How about a how about this week for Caden? He j- he'll have the one and two guys this week. Right. Yeah. So we'll get a nice little measuring stick for him there. He's I, up to number five now. He's number five, is he? which is higher than Boo I think has ever been ranked. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, what, what, what's first? Caden wrestles who first? Kalazic or Ashnell? Kalazic then Ashnell. Hey, he could leave the number one guy. He could leave Jersey number one in the land. Man, I don't think that's taking. <laughs> I don't taking Jersey pelts. What if he did? What if he just goes in and just <laughs> destroys two Jersey legends? I can't. What, 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 like, uh, what if what if he beats both and he's number one and we say Caden Gefeller, number one in the United States and he's like and also Jersey. <laughs> no, then Boo just comes and takes the spot. Yeah, not enough. Kind of like tech. you know. Nick Foles led him to the Super Bowl, but hey, Carson Wentz is our guy. Carson Wentz is our guy, no matter what. No matter how many Super Bowls <laughs> Nick Foles wins for us. So, so Caden, the, the fine silver G match was crazy. We had a lot of, we had some challenges. We had the four point near fall. What else happened in that match? Hands to the face, Hands not being called, and then G getting mad about it. And pretty much hitting Fine Silver right back in the face and then getting called for it. Right in this area here. So Fine Silver got him about like this. Really good. And then G looked at the, even looked at the ref and was like, really? And then just immediately, boom. But right in the face, <laughs> just gives up a point. It's like, what are you doing, dude? And also, by the way, that was a 57 versus a 41. S- sitting there at Matt's side, I didn't stand next to them, a la Wrestling Nomad. But I watched them, and it looked absurd how much bigger Fine Silver was than G. Very rarely, when I look at like really tall, uh, whatever, pick a weight, do their legs also look huge? Mm-hmm. Fine Silver's thighs are enormous. Yeah, and they're forty nine. And I could not believe that G got away after trying the roll four or five times. And even Mike was like, "He needs to stop rolling. He can't. Got to go something else other than the roll." And he rolls and gets out um, <laughs> just in time. And just. To, at, when riding time was at 58, all these little crazy, crazy things happened. But uh, can you explain the the, the blood situation? Because the Duke the Duke crowd didn't seem happy about that. Well, so okay, Duke fans, recent rule: if you're bleeding, they stop the <laughs> wrestling. Well, it's they, just a 2019 uh, recent. It's a point of emphasis, actually. It's not actually a, a rule change. It's just a point of emphasis. If you bleed, they stop the wrestling. What they uh, were saying though is that uh, G was. Biting his lip and spitting on the mat. <laughs> I've done that. Show, show me in the rule book. Well, first of all, I did not see that that happened. Secondly, where does it say you can't bite yourself and spit the blood on the mat? Is, uh, it, is this a rub in his face? You can't bite situation? other people. Yeah, he, didn't, he did not bite Mitch Feinsilver. Um, I, did that really happen? I really don't believe that happened. Coach, were they, Coach they were really saying that? Oh, did he really? Yes. Oh my word! Well, maybe it happened. Did you, did you know about that story going into the? Did you like watching the match? and be like, I think he just. I did didn't him. get. I don't get to watch the matches. Oh, yeah. that you have me do interviews. Oh, I'm sorry. Why don't you yell at me about it? I'm sorry. Jeez. So now I'm trying right, to watch Bergie, it. And be like, did this actually happen? Bergie was the other story, right? Oh, yeah, and dag on the. If you want to talk about bad calls, that takedown they gave Bergie was not a takedown. Did you watch that match, Willie? Against two. Fine Silver. Uh, no, I did not watch that match. But Fine Silver won. Right? Yes, he did. But there was a terrible takedown call in there. 
that they challenge them. Like, okay, so this is there's this weird thing, and maybe you know what? Um, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm not an NCAA official. Um, never have yet. been. But yet, <laughs> thank you, thank you, because maybe one day I would never get hired. So there's this weird thing where if people see a hand on the mat, they just think, okay, well, hand touched you. Should there not be just be somewhat behind him? He wasn't behind the arms. He was in front of the arm. Mm -hmm. The hand touch for less than one half of one second. And by the time Bergie was behind him, he's standing straight up and peels hands, and then Bergie drops down the leg. To me, that's not a takedown. And they even challenged it and up, upheld the call. That's the biggest problem with the no reaction time takedowns is they don't look for control. Yeah. They're, they're looking to see if his hand touch. Uh, did he go to? Well, does yeah. the word now? Hold on. Does the word control even exist in this current rule set? Clearly, there's no control Who necessary. Knows? Um, I don't know. Anyway, it, the good angle is on the Jacob Casper mic'd up for Mish Fine Silver semifinal. You can very clearly see he was not takedown. Yeah. Uh, you, why didn't you give him that footage? <laughs> Should have helped the official. Oh, yeah. Could have helped him out. Maybe they just didn't have the right angle because you you took up the good angle where you were sitting. Apologies from Nomad to Mitch Fine Silver. One, one time anyways. at CKLV, the the refs almost snapped at me, and I was just trying to explain to them that whoever was running the clock uh, gave an escape well before the official did, and they were about to screw a kid out of a match. Wow, that's messed up, dude. Um, so, yeah, Bergie, Willie, you're saying is kind of the other topic of conversation. I think I he, want that official's number. I want that. What number was that official? He not, better not snap at Nomad. Yeah, chill out, dude. Chill out, dude. Yeah. Number uh, 47. Number 47. Boom. Hit him. Oh. That was awesome. I even try to shake so. their hands, and they still snap at me. Well, no, you you suck up to the international ones. You don't, yeah. you don't kiss Where's up to them. Where's the folk style love? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't, I don't show the folk style ones. They're, they're, a, little, they're a little rougher, a little, little more coarse. Yeah, well. The 57, Nolf. Next topic. Oh, my gosh. Sort of. Um... I do, I do want to mention. I think this is a Bo Piper show. Someone actually thought Bo Piper was going to win that match that I talked to at the scuffle. It really bothered me. No, uh, that you talked to at the scuffle. I swear, I won't. Um, I will not a name a human names. being. A human, <laughs> a human being. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to use a name. What, like somebody like that, I know. It was Jerry yes. Piper. <laughs> it was not. So, it was no one affiliated with Penn State. Or the Piper family. Or the Pifers. Um, no one. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Nolf just smashes everyone. Really weak field. Um, Zach Carson, both Pfeiffer was the semi. We'll get to maybe. Uh, that match was fire. That match was so. fire. <laughs> that was that was maybe the best semi I called. Um, okay, so that's it. Sixty-five now. Was that the match? Was that the match, Christian? That you were like, what? I I watched. One of your matches where you were like you were announcing, but you also doing the riding time clock, and you were like trying to tell people like what was happening on the mat, and the table worker was like, uh, <laughs> "I'm sorry, I hit the button late," and you're like, "You're fine, you're fine." Oh no, that was no, that was <laughs> Matt Voss, Billy Miller. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you, you were that, not fine in that situation. That match. Was a disaster. I know, but I'm just trying to encourage her because she was uh, having a hard time. And of course, when the coaches are yelling at you, you are not going to have an optimized performance on top of that. So you're I'll, like telling the reps, you're talking to the table worker. Well, you're like, should be eight seconds writing time. Eight seconds. Well, they they were 
these refs, here's one thing. They cannot wait to start the match when there's pure chaos at the table. Things are not ready. The, yeah. The are, so like, like, let's like, go. Tommy, I'm like, don't start. I'm like waving. I'm like, she is not ready. The time yeah. is not right. And they're like ready to go. I'm like, you need to look and make sure all the things are before you start it. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of that. I have to go back and, and re-watch it to give you the true... Because I, I was so I was exhausted after that. It was the last match, of course. Last it was the Doug Villaro special. Last last two on the mat. Everyone else was gone. You said point of emphasis this year is that the last match of the night has to go to OT. Uh, that blood time and the recent NCA rule uh, of uh, yeah the the last heavyweight match of the night has to go into tiebreakers. And um, so Miller and Voss were powerless to to win that match in regulation. No, so that's when I was being an assistant. But at 65, we had Chenzo uh, versus Marsteller. Now, Marsteller had a really tough one against Chandler Rogers, his former teammate. Great match there. And then they hit – Chenzo comes out, opening takedown against Marsteller, and you think, okay, this is going to be tough. Chenzo's a tough guy to come back against, right? It's because he's so hard to score on. But then Marsteller throws that underhook by to the single, finishes, and we've got ourselves a match, and we're tied in the – Third period, and then, but Chenzo's, I mean, his single leg is so, I mean, basically automatic at this point that, um, you know, he, he's such a good finisher. And, and I don't know what to make of of Chenzo. It doesn't really change things in my mind that he's kind of a big favorite, even though he d- does have close matches from time to time. still feel like he's just going to be the guy when, right. when it's said and done. Agreed. I mean. <sighs> you know, he had a yeah, tough one with Shane Griffin. You could be, you could be like. good, yeah. You know, we we see the Nolfs and the Rutherfords and I don't know who else. Um, but you can be sort of dominant without being dominant. <laughs> like you can win all your matches by three points. Yeah, why well, wouldn't like, say dominant? I don't think he's dominant particularly. Not dominant, but um, it just always feel like he's in control of the situation. That's yeah. yes. That's how I feel. I feel like I was, it's almost like you're just kind of watching. You're like, Chinzo's got this. I'm not sure exactly why, but it's just like there's just a like a you just feel comfortable saying I think he's gonna win. Even when Marcelo got the takedown, I was like, could he really do it again? Could he? Ta- he's gonna have to take him down again. I just don't think he's. gonna I do think that. that's the most encouraging thing is you know Chance can take him down. Yeah. For for Chance or for the excitement of the weight class. You know, it's another guy that can take Chenzo down. Um, but I thought I thought Griffith was the story. Griffith was really tough. Yeah. I think they should pull his red shirt. He's ready to go. Yep. What are you waiting for? He's healthy. He's wrestling well. That's why, I mean, we, I don't want to get into the red shirt discussion again. But, yeah. you know, uh, if they're ready, let's go. And, and look 74, at that. 74. Yeah. 74, the story is Joe, Joe Smith. Smith. Yeah. Whew. Joe Smith is the story there, and, and all credit to Mark Hall for winning the tournament. But we knew, or, you know, I thought Mark Hall was going to win the tournament, and he did. But I did not think that I would watch Joe Smith kind of handle David McFadden. He almost majored him. Five takedowns. Unbelievable. Five takedowns. That doesn't. <clears throat> McFadden's in basically every match. And, and, and here's the thing McFadden too. is. McFadden is a tough freaking battler. The kid's a warrior. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Sometimes Oklahoma State gets the rap that they're, you know, they're slicksters and they don't, they don't really come at you hard. I mean, Joe oh Smith gosh. broke. He broke him. His hands are so heavy. His hips are so strong. His reattacks are great. He's got good short offense. He is 
a powerhouse at 174. I don't care what he looks like. Okay? No, he's not. It's not the tightest. It's not the tightest body at 174. Clearly doesn't matter because one, he wrestles really, really hard for seven minutes. No factor. Two. Let's come up with that. So you're saying he's like on the team Ryan Anderson? Yeah. Let's come up with a team Ryan Anderson. He's on it. (laughs) Those those guys are freaky strong. They're awesome. They got a little bit extra pudding, and it doesn't matter. (laughs) They don't get tired. Well, at least Joe Smith doesn't get tired. Ryan Anderson might get tired for all I know, <laughs> uh, unless he gets uh, uh, chugs a do during blood time. <laughs> there is something though about like Joe not having to cut weight. Like, seems like a good thing. Seems like we should keep him there. I don't know, part we, of me we want like, the best version of of you know if, if wrestling know, wants the best man. version of Joe Smith, keep him keep him from cutting weight. I agree, and at the same time, I'm like. That guy could win 65. I just don't think he can win 74. I just don't think Zahid's not a great matchup. He clearly can beat Mark Hall. I think he can. But the thing the thing about one takedown matches, I think in our minds we can think they're a little closer than they really are. Because he was never really close to a takedown, right? And I just I don't think he's going to have an opportunity to beat him uh, on his feet. Now, he got in a couple times, but he was never really close to a finish. Real quick, guys, and I was talking to Willie about this. If you haven't watched the interview I did with Mark, Mark Hall basically basically was like, I learned how to sprawl this summer. That's a way oversimplification, but like Mark Hall did not use to sprawl. He did not use to feed hips. He was all more like far ankle scramble, like drape over the top, like and, and just kind of make things goofy in a flurry. And now he it's like more conventional stuff. Um and he said I mean like, he literally said that. Yeah. He he said that he worked on sprawling. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like 22 years old. It's a He's world a champ, champ, national champ. Like I gotta learn how to sprawl. <laughs> Next year they're gonna work on him not crossing his feet in his yeah. stance. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hall would never do They're that. Like this is incredible. Yeah. Someone uh, on Facebook so you said like that Joe Ben Askren is the head coach of the Ryan Anderson team. Oh yeah, Ben. <laughs> yeah, Ben a little. Ben now especially. Ben Askren now. Uh, yeah, not so much as seven. When, when he was when he's fighting MMA. He had a little little muffin top every time he fought. It didn't matter. He brutalized the guy. And he another guy that doesn't get tired at all. I think we're on to something. Doesn't get tired at we all. We need to test Willie's endurance right now. I think I you go. could be peaking. Seven minutes. Nope. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Joe um, Smith. It's so awesome to have Joe Smith back. What if Joe goes down? You, you like Joe at 65, you're saying. Well, I like him at 74, obviously. If if six if him cutting that extra weight would be to his detriment, certainly don't. But if he could do it, it's kind of like man, he could. I think he matches up better with Chenzo than he does with Zahid, Mark, and Miles Amin. Also, a lot of he looks like if he missed. He looks like if he misses, if he just skips Sunday spaghetti. He. I don't know. But what if that spaghetti is the missing ingredient? Yeah, let's not mess with a good thing right now. Let's just be happy. Look at look at me. Shame on me for for getting ahead of myself. I should just be happy. Joe Smith's back and uh, Nomad's right though. Spay, he didn't want to see this. He wants he wants uh, Joe Smith to ride off in the sunset. Yep. Call it a career. Two time AA. Egg all over his face. So many eggs. Disgusting. An entire omelet. Disgusting, sir. Then 184. Shakur Rashid. No Zach Savaski. He did not wrestle. He was supposed to and didn't. That would have been Rashid's kind of opportunity to kind of climb the rankings a little bit more. And he gets Hunter Boland, who is apparently really, really good. Because he beat Hunter Luda, Boland. He beat Luda Prey. And Jacoby. And Jacoby Smith. Jared Hot has been telling me since the beginning of the season that Hunter Boland was going to be that dude. And 
He was that dude this weekend. He or must be stupid folks. strong. We've been waiting. I've been waiting for him for a, a long time. Like when he was a sophomore, freshman, sophomore in high school, I'm like, I think this kid got something. And then it never really came. And then it never really came. And then there might have been a glimpse, and it never really came. I was like, where did this come from this weekend? Well, he got so much bigger. Yeah, he, he was he, like a he, 60 coming out or he something. filled out. He didn't even filled out. He's just, I mean, he's like, we're talking 30, 40 pounds. This is like, this is the big, big hombre. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it other than I think he placed this year. And I, he, I think he still needs a leg attack. But, man, he is good everywhere else. He wrestled a What's really smart match against Bowen. Huh? What's his eligibility? He, he's a sophomore. Well, he's he'll be yeah he'll be a redshirt sophomore next year. Yeah, so he's got three three to go. Which you, you just love to see it. So it works out well with Zavasky, who's a senior, and he can come right in at at eighty four. If he can, it wouldn't surprise me if he eventually was a ninety seven. I kind of wouldn't be mad at it either, because why would you not go ninety seven? everybody him, wants to go ninety seven these days. Everyone should be bulking up to ninety seven. If you're having struggles, just think about it. Work for Machiavello. He DMP'd and then he won. Okay. So that's 84. Rashid didn't really get it going. And a lot of people like Hunter Bowen kind of slowed him down a little bit. I didn't see a high attack rate from Shakur Rashid in that match. Did you? Did I see did you guys see a guy that's seven minutes looking to score, looking to score, looking to score? You talking Rashid? No. no. Yeah. We all on the same and, page. And he's he, he said as much after the he he was like really frustrated with himself. He's like like he is very cognizant, like, I will not be able to beat he didn't say Miles Martin, but like that's yeah. the kind of guy that's in his head. Like, I'm not going to be able to beat Miles Martin if that's my attack rate for seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just it – ain't, it ain't happening. I feel like we're, we're, Shakur is a very reflective guy in, in that way. We Was it you that told me about it um, at Big Tens? Oh, Spey. He was over there. So if you remember at Big Tens, Shakur had two – it looked like a good draw. Like, he should be able to get two pins before the quarters or semis, whatever. And he had he had kind of like he maybe had like kind of a rough major and then a decision or something like that and he's walking off and he's he kind of frustrated with himself talking with Coach Cunningham he's like no I'm supposed to be I know I'm I'm here to score bonus points that's what I'm supposed to be doing and Cunningham's like you're fine you're doing good and he's like don't worry about it blah blah, blah. like being real encouraging because so to me Coach Cunningham coming at him like that encouraging says this is a guy that's maybe a little a little hard on himself puts a little pressure on himself to be that bonus point guy and just sometimes you just got to win 4-1 against a really tough dude. That's, what, that's what i was thinking i like i you want guys to go out there and score points and you got and you want guys to hold themselves accountable to score points instead of squeaking it out but sometimes winning 4-1 is what you have to do and he was never in jeopardy of losing that match you don't want to go out there and make mistakes at the same time i, I also just think um look he's on a team with guys who Maybe not weren't you know supposed to be three time national champs, but like guys are supposed to be amazing in college, right? And Shakur wasn't that full on blue chip recruit no. coming out, right? And so maybe there's a little bit of I have to put this pressure on myself to to live up to what I can feel, which I feel I'm just as good as my teammates, and I'm sure his teammates tell him like, yeah, dude, you're gonna be right there with us. We're all gonna be number ones at the end of the year. And, and uh, so that was eighty four with Rashid, ninety seven. Bo Nickel has no peer. He uh, pinned five people. He pinned them all in the first period, I do believe. Yeah. There was one in the second. I one think. in the second. Wow. The merciful bow Congrats nickel. to that guy. Congrats to him. Uh, and then uh, bulk job. Derek White looked good. I mean, uh, Kassar, and again, another guy <clears throat> kind of 
didn't have that attack rate that we'd been seeing. And, of course, competition increases. But even against Jordan Wood, he was all over him, Anthony Kassar. And against his teammate Nick Nevels, it's Keystone, he was all over him. But against Derek White, different story. He hits the uh, White hits the pass by, and that was it. And, and Kassar really never got close to a takedown. So it kind of puts a little um, cools my Kassar NCAA finalist talk because one of those spots is already occupied by uh, Gable Stevenson. I don't know if you've heard. The NCAA recently made an announcement. He's already in the finals, so nothing we can do about well, that. Well, the, the NCAA recently made an announcement that Desi lost and didn't look good at all. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about um, Mason Perry. They freed Mason. He's clearly ready to go, um, and I, I love it. I love that Michigan's going is, – is let. I mean, you look at this heavyweight field. I think he can do it. He's, got, he's had a really weird up-and-down kind of – he's lost some weird ones. He's won some good ones. He beat Desi, but – uh, it's exciting to have another hammer in the mix at heavyweight. So that's um, that's the scuffle, I think. Q's most. Yeah. We had – yes, questions from friends. Will, I don't know why Willie felt compelled to send the questions tweet. Uh, did that oh, offend you? He jumped the gun I, there. No, it did not offend – well, no, it didn't offend me, but you did it completely wrong. One, you did it completely wrong. Two – Why? Because I didn't tag them? Yes, that that is well. I explained why. One, right. one, you didn't tag them. Two, okay. you're you're not even allowed to answer them because you were rude to you're them. You're still sticking with that, huh? Well, and you're listen. still rude to them, and you've never shown contrition. I'm still rude with them. You started off with a five minute monologue how they're idiots. No, not the people that not our friends, not our friends, not our friends. Yeah. Not our, my friends aren't. I, it's right, the listen. egg avatars. You said that. Pe- that's wrong. That's not true. You you said that people were stupid for. Saying what they said. I, you know who didn't ask? You know who didn't ask any questions? No, there wasn't one question about the Teasdale reporting in here, and there was very few. There was maybe one person that said the fixed Suriano match is happen because our friends listen to FRL and they know what's going on in yeah, the world. They pay attention. Yeah, yeah, you're you're painting that picture. There are there are questions that are not worth our time. Well, there's just only so many hours in the day. Yeah, See, again, again, dismissive. This is why you, you're you banned from asking okay. for don't questions. You, I'll don't tell you, you this. ever send that tweet again. Ever. I am. I, I will do it. I thought about, should I send this tweet? And I was like. Yeah, what could, compelled you? I do it every before every single show. Why do you think I need to ask this? <laughs> I need to facilitate this right now. <laughs> because I was like, I wonder if it's going to tick Christian off. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and. Anyway, he'll forget next year. You, you play. How yourself. come? How come it's bad for me to say some of the questions are stupid, and you guys make a whole thing about it, saying, "Oh, you're offending our friends," but it's it's okay for you to not answer half of them because uh, we can only do so many. Yeah, time allows. Do I have to explain you how time why? works? Is and then a lot of times is, we'll go back and because, we'll just answer those that we didn't get to on Twitter. Is that yeah. why, or is it because some of them are terrible? No, this is why you're banned. Yep. I swear. Let, let's get to this. We should oh, hang let's up. Let's go ahead and question, his mind. Okay. And you know what? And you know what, Willie? Here's further evidence of your bad judgment. Sam Herring, internet celebrity, t- taken over. <laughs> this guy. You put this guy on the mic, I, the highest approval rating of any flow commentator in the history of, of our company. Mm-hmm. Okay. He well, sw- how is that a bad reflection on me? Sam Herring's awesome. Because you don't like the questions from friends and... 
from the questions for friends comes a new star, Sam Herring. And a new star was born. Yeah, and a friend. We met him. His, you no, didn't meet his him. His little brother was awesome, too. Yeah, that kid Eli. ate 27 chicken wings when he was like 10 years old. Don't sensationalize. This is how things get out of control. <laughs> I don't want to put that pressure on Eli, but it was 26 is what 26. he told me. Eli, very, and I do want to say, we're kind of being being silly. The Herring family is amazing. They won. I mean, that, these are very... That you can tell these kids have been raised properly. These aren't just like wrestling crazed humans. Good manners, um, you know. Yes sir, no sir. It was it was. Uh, Eli's very well spoken. Yeah, he's. I was like, I was like, hey, what's up, Eli? Like after I met him, I'm like what? I'm like, what? Any matches you're looking for? He's like, he's like, there's not one match I'm looking forward to in particular. He's like talks like a grown man. He's like eight. I was like, oh my word. Um, anyways. Sam Herring asked some questions, and this is how we discovered Sam. Questions from friends. Thank you, Sam. Of the 10 scuffle champs this year, which is more likely? Two NCAA champs or six NCAA champs? I think this is a very good question. Oh, wow. This is a very good question. Because I don't know. Um, I'm going to say one, two, three, four. I think six is more likely than two. Yes, absolutely. I think six is more likely than two. The Penn State four. Because how are you gonna? Could easily all win. I mean, I mean, it's Bo and Nolf, right? Next topic. Like there, there's your two. There's two. So then, basically, you're saying that Dayton, Mark, Chenzo, Chenzo, and even you know, you combination. You give it of Rashid and um. You're you're saying none of those guys win. There's no way. So six is more likely. It is not likely, but it is. It is definitely more likely than two. So interesting question. Never really thought of it like that. Um, someone asked Wes Ling at what, Let Willie Answer. There were several questions about um, Sam. If we when we can expect to hear him again, I don't know. Hopefully, he a hey, o- open invitation. Any tournament he's at, he can come and commentate. I told Sam because we're you know we're gonna build a studio here in Easton. I told Sam if he wants to come up here and train. If he's up this way, because he's he's coming to he's coming to Pennsylvania to train um, this summer. I said, if you're in the area, stop in, jump on the show with me. All right, maybe you'll rank him. Okay, yeah. where do you see Braxton Amos in college? Ninety-seven or heavyweight? Uh, also, what schools are player are players in his recruitment? Basically, all schools. Ninety-seven or heavyweight? We'll go to our West Virginia correspondent. Parker's um, own Kyle Bracky. I believe Braxton believes he is a 97. 97. And I think we will see him go to 195 next year. Yes. Go down? Yes. And he was at the Ohio State-NC State duel. There are, there are a lot of suitors for Braxton, and I don't believe that he is going to make his decision until He's going to take his process. time, for sure. Yeah. Awesome family. They're going to take their time, make sure the decision's right. I, but the the... The usual suspects, I think, are in play. Um, I don't think he'll end up in West Virginia. Ooh. I don't either. I think I it's... Yeah. Oh. I don't know why I care. Is it because of Holgerson? <laughs> it, it actually is. Yeah. You know, maybe if Neil Brown comes in and changes his mind, he could end up there. So I don't want to rule that out yet completely. Man. Um, but for real, um, what did you say? Ohio State, Virginia Tech. So here's the thing. Ohio State, they, they're going to need 97 here soon, right after Colin Moore, and he's very good friends with Kirkfleet, and he trains with um, Carson Kartzel's dad, who I believe his name is pronounced Moran. 
Uh, Virginia Tech is, of course, in play. They're, they're relatively close. Obviously, um, they've had West Virginia guys do very well, Jared Hot, um, and, and a whole bunch of others. But just, like, connection-wise, I think those two are, are definitely high on the list. But, look, it, it's, it's, there's going to be, like, 15 schools, and he's going to slowly narrow them down. There you so, go. No rush on Braxton. Um, Seth Gross hasn't wrestled all year. Even if his back heals, is there time for him to get into shape for NCAAs? Where are changing medical records? I already said, I think that's probably going to happen. Is it a spinal situation? Yes. <laughs> he broke his back, spinal, a la Mike Tyson. Yes. I don't think he's going to be back, but we'll, we'll find out together. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to ask Ben Askren's question or not. Uh, I love it. I know. Well, we'll get to it. Um, yeah. How good would a Penn State B team be? Oh, baby. It seems like the B team would have a national placer, Nevels, maybe an AA for Clearing and possibly Pfeiffer. Where would they place at the NCAA finals? And do any uh, other teams have a B team that could do the same? Willie has no chill. Hashtag Willie has no chill, says Bill. What does Sides. that even mean? This question Bill. triggered me. This got Bracky fired up all yesterday. Bracky was fired up. <laughs> Jerry McLaren didn't even place at Scuffle. And we're going to say he's going to AA? Get out of here. Bo Pfeiffer, he lost to Hunter Ladniar three times this year. <laughs> and Lemon Pie asked a great question. He was like, how pissed is uh, Hunter Ladniar <laughs> that Harvard enter, uh, entered Midlands instead of Scuffle? Yeah, because he's beaten him three times. Yeah. Listen, uh, Mason Manville has, some- has no ranked wins. He's lost to Trent Hydley, Brandon Womack, Zach Feinsilver. You know, the only one that would place is Neville's. Yeah. Penn State has some depth, Bill, but... Their B team, their B team probably isn't placing as high as I don't know. Oklahoma State got some guys. Iowa got some guys. Yeah, I would say Oklahoma State. You know, with if you consider one of Boo or Caden, um, which maybe you can't consider them right now. Um, uh, whoever is their backup at fifty-seven, Blaylock or Shomers, they both those guys are going to win. Would win matches at nationals. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, so would, I mean, if you consider title, uh, <laughs> title contender. If you consider Weigel on the shelf, if you, you know, somebody's gonna be squeezed. Yeah, because out hey, there. Gear or Weigel would be on the shelf, right? And those guys aren't so. Yeah, there's times where Penn State's had a lot of really good B team, like last year with Kassar, guy beat beat the number one seed and just, you know, Shakur won the spot. Okay, this is I. I don't know why I keep forgetting about this. Thoughts on the Muay Thai. Clinch from Mark Hall. He did it some. I think uh, Kassar even did it some as well. And and so internet name at D Takedowns was Mark Hall using the double collar tie as a stall tactic in the Southern Scuffle final match against Joe Smith. Well, I listen. If it's if you do something that where you can't score from it and your opponent can't score from it, maybe by definition that is stalling. I'm not judging Hall for doing it, but if you're doing this. You're not interested in scoring points, right? I mean, by by definition, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. No one else cares. Cool. All right, we'll move on. Well, hey, welcome. The... Oh, welcome back. Nomad's here. <laughs> I'm I'm looking up another question. You're looking to another you question. You ain't. No, he has John Trench stats pulled up. <laughs> John Trench. Because I'm I'm. Why are you looking up John Trench? Because stats? somebody asked us about the highest bonus rate in NCAA history, and I okay. wanted to confirm that Kale Sanderson had not. Bonus his way through an entire season, as as Bo Nickel is on pace to do. It all comes back to trend. Yeah, <laughs> gone it. I'm trying to talk about Muay Thai clinches. Look over, 
heads down, and he's got trench. At least he has Twitter up. That somewhat I'm relates to, to his job. Just trying to answer another question from friend. What was Jesse Sundell's bonus rate? Pull up his stat. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Fine. No one cares about that. I don't understand. I think it's a pretty interesting thing that all of a sudden some Penn State guys are using a tie like that. I think it's I think it's of note. Didn't, didn't we determine it could be? It is of note. Illegal? I don't know what to make of it. No. That's, yes. It, I don't see how it could be illegal. Somebody else said it might be illegal. If you have your hands clasped around their head? I don't know. As Te- such, without an technically arm? Technically, it's a legal headlock. Yeah. That's what the Oklahoma State guys were saying in the uh, yes. airport. But I don't think that's – I don't know. We should get a rules book. We'll get a rule book. No, this is what we'll do. We'll wait for Brock Height to listen, and then he'll tell us. He'll send us. Oh, he'll Brock, send a screenshot. We'll send us. <laughs> I can't wait. Look at his diagrams. He's already got it. Yeah. Okay. All right, next cue from F. What is happening at 125 at Penn State? We'll find out this weekend, I think, what's, what they're going to do there. Biggest surprise at Midlands and Scuffle. Biggest surprise for me was Spencer losing and Joe Smith looking freaking amazing. Um, would Bonoff have won the Scuffle weight with one hand tied behind their back? I'm Wait, not ready to likely, rule it out. No. I'm not ready to rule it out. I'm, you, re- I'm ready to go there, likely. I'm 60-40, yes. But maybe that's crazy. But you never Eric know. Shares has the best question. Any, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance we can get Nomad to come out with 15 seconds left in FRL segments and act as a towel boy with a pool noodle while standing <laughs> beside, behind piles and counting down from five? The, sure. Yeah, there's a chance. There's a strong chance. Oh, uh, my God. That's great. You act like that isn't a conversation we've had before. Uh, Indiana Matt, who's the next flow bro to get married, Willie Spay or Nomad? I think there's a clear answer here. I think there's a clear yeah. answer, but I'm going to go to Kyle first. I don't want these mm. two to answer. Uh, Nomad's last. No, Nomad's first. Nomad's first. Wow. Nomad will come. How no- am I last? Yeah, because Nomad- Because you don't want to get married. Oh, you don't Lord. know that. Uh, when have I ever said that? He's never said you that. You don't have to say it. Here's, here's, here's why. And here's what's going to happen. He's just going to come back married one day. <laughs> there's going to be a weekend. He's not going to come in on Friday because Nomad thinks he doesn't have to work on Fridays. We never see him That's on Fridays. That's not true. That's you, not true. I don't do come not... into work. I do plenty of work on this Fridays. This is what Nomad, for like a month that... straight, for like a month straight, Nomad on Thursdays would be like, you come in tomorrow? I'd be like, yeah. And then he'd ask like four other people around us. And we'd all be like, yeah. And then he just wouldn't show up. <laughs> I don't know why he asked. I guess he's like, wait, if no one's here, <laughs> I'll come. that Nomad meets his wife because she found his wallet somewhere. So yeah. I, I just think... One one U.S. Open, he's gonna meet Mrs. Wright or Mrs. Wright now. He's gonna go to a a, a little wedding chapel in Vegas. He's gonna come back. Wife we're her? just gonna find out between see, sessions so he got married. Here's the thing. See, I rather I could see that from Spay. No, like he just gets banged up one night and then he wakes no. up and he's like, oh man, I did Spay that last night. So much night. more pragmatic than than Nomad. Nomad, I is don't just, know. Spay and when once once uh, events are over, it's a different animal. I, yeah, I know, but you're the ultimate animal. You're the wild animal. You're untamed. He ain't getting married in Vegas. Willie's already been married, so he's he's disqualified. I have what, nothing to do with marriage. Yeah, um, it's it's to me it's nomad. Um, one Friday when he's skipping work, I'm saying gonna, Spay. Spay's gonna find love in like the produce aisle here at H E B or in something hope, in a hopeless place. Yeah. All I right. mean, listen, before Spay gets married, 
there is a spreadsheet with pivot tables analyzing <laughs> why he should or should not do this. <clears throat> yes. I mean, it's a whole complicated thing. There'll be tax considerations, yes, of course. You're not going to not consider the tax rate. Investment opportunities. Yes. Um, does the Spencer loss and or the way he lost basically eliminate him from the Hodge from Hodge consideration? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he can't win the Hodge. I mean... Everyone oh, else has to lose. Everyone else has to lose, and he still has to have uh, improve his bonus rate because he's not bonusing as high of a rate. Basically, you have to say no one goes undefeated this year, which I don't know if has ever happened. Currently, currently, Bo Nichols, David Jensen's. Would you say David Jensen's undefeated? <laughs> David, <laughs> he's got to catch the likes of Nickel, Nolf, Jensen, Bo Nickel. So <laughs> the dominant score thing, which like tre- treats every match like a dual meet, is. Nichols is 5.58, which mm. means you're more likely to get a pin from him than a tech, mm-hmm. which is bonkers. And then Bader posted that tweet. He's like, when's the next time Bo Nickel won't get a pin? And I don't know what the answer is. It might be forever. Oh, stop. He might <clears throat> pin his way through the rest of the season. He will have a de- it's in play. And he will have a decision this year. It's in play. Colin, Colin Moore, Colin Moore is, is, is Think about our loan He is out. not going to bonus his way the I entire year. I mean, he pinned Miles Martin. You want to bet nah. Pinky on that? Yeah, you let's bet a pinky. <laughs> no, I'm not betting a pinky. I'll bet you uh I'll bet I'll bet another three piece on it. No biscuit. That he pins his way through? No, that he that he has a decision at some point along the way. Nomad, you're gonna take that? Dude, Nomad, take that. A decision? Yeah. yeah. He has to have one decision this mm-hmm. year. Yep. You don't think he's gonna have one decision this year? Who against who? It doesn't matter who. I know, but like no, I'm the, just I saying, mean, like I don't it's, see it's, it's it's Colin Moore and can Colin yeah, Moore not Colin get Moore. two not shots get... against Colin Moore? I don't like that matchup. I don't like it either. I don't think he's gonna win. I know that. I Brucky. Br- yeah, Brucky. It's good. I don't Listen. know if he's gonna end up hitting Brucky. Brucky at Nationals, they could. Brucky is probably Listen, your better example. He there. had decisions last year against Abinator, six three, thirteen seven. Uh, 10-4 against Jordan Ellingwood, 13-7 Max Dean. That's at NCAAs. 7-4 seven, yep. seven, Miles Martin, 5-2 Emery Parker. Keep six, living in the past, bro. 6-5 Gravina. He hasn't wrestled anybody. You literally Who just said, wrestled? like earlier, that 197 is a... You basically called it a dumpster fire. Okay. D- Make the bet, Nomad. Walk yeah. the walk. Don't, yeah. don't take the bet, Nomad. No, do it, Nomad. No, Forget no, Willie. You, no, you make the bet. I'll make the bet if he I, he was the one that came like I said offered, it, so I was letting him try to do it first. I don't want your chicken I money. I don't want. I don't want a three piece. I don't like the three. Hey, piece. Hold <laughs> on. what do you want? I don't think. Let me think. About I it. get no a three piece. Let me think about it. Nomad, didn't one time Nomad owe you chicken and got you canes? No, he no, never, he just gave he, him money. No, no, that's what Willie did. No, he never get. He never gave me that the chicken. I offered to give him money, and he wouldn't because that bet was contingent bet. on a certain seed, and then it changed. And the dude made he totally the lied. dude yeah, made he's the, lying the, right the now. no, that's not true. It was it was contingent upon a certain seed because I had it all mapped out. No, and it was fine. And he ended up wrestling for third at at uh, final X anyway. Is anybody taking this bet? Apparently not. Not for, not for chicken. Not for I'll chicken. I'll take it. Three three piece. Three piece bet. I'm chicken, I th- I'm pretty sure I'm undefeated in in chicken bets on this show. So chicken fights we call them now. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> One decision is all I need, and I get chicken. You still owe me chicken, Willie. I will get you chicken. What do you want me to have it delivered? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> oh, uh, we should do that. 
It's 9.32. Okay. What the heck? Oh, I know. We're still what, do we have any more questions? The questions were really, oh, really wait, good. Oh, wait. Hold on. Somebody's asking about Spencer, and we got in this nickel thing. Can you imagine if, if Bo continues at this pace? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Jason Nolf never winning the Hodge? It's pretty crazy. Insane. I mean, he's an all-timer. All-timer. Um, one. Okay, we'll close with this one. Um, well, actually, no, there's two. Would you rather fight one Gable-sized nomad or six nomad-sized Gables? <laughs> now, that the greatest are, tweet. Dan or Stevenson? Because that it kind of changes things. But at the same time, I think That's I'm going with person. it's six because Gable's only like 100 pounds bigger than me. Mm-hmm. If there's six of him, that's like... Well, here's the thing. If it's Stevenson, you've got to go that's six like 780 size. pounds. It's a 500-pound advantage. They have to be talking about Stevenson right here. If they're talking about Stevenson, a gable-sized nomad. I'm going with the gable-sized right, ga- nomad. No, gable-sized nomad is like 250. Six of me's is like yeah, 780, the one. Yeah, the one. That's what we want. Yeah, the same yeah. thing. Give me a giant nomad. I, yeah. don't, want, I don't want six little yeah, gables. Yeah. Yeah. Gables no. He's not eight, that small. Eight, yeah, 800, 800 pounds of Gables. If Gable was set, was 75 pounds, okay, maybe. Or if you were 75 pounds, all right, I consider it. You're 120, 130 pounds. Uh, yeah, give me the giant giant nomad. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll roll the dice there that your shoulder dislocates or something. <laughs> all right, really last question. Another Gable one. Your take on the aggressiveness of Gable and whether or not it is too much. It is not too much. No, I don't care. I hope he continues to do it just to piss all of you off. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. Um, he is definitely, you know, he is, and, and Askren mentioned this, he's he's playing a character. He's being a heel, and he's really, really, really good at it. I don't see a lot of rules breaking. If he gets hit for a one-pointer one time, okay, fine. I, I have no issue with it whatsoever. Guys, please watch any any top guy. Jason Nolf raked a kid's <laughs> wiener. <Say> it. <laughs> he raked a kid's dick, okay? That was yeah! not cool. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. There is literally video of it. <laughs> it was it was Are his foot. He didn't know. Bull crap. Bull crap. Especially kicking him in the dick. No, he ra- no, he didn't <laughs> kick him. He raked it. He, he, put, he put his shoe on, on it and right. went like that. I to push that knee away. Now look, that wasn't cool, but my point is, basically, every good wrestler is a dick. Like, that no, is I mean, basically what it requires to be a good wrestler. You are aggressive. You are physical. You push the boundaries of the rules. Like, it's okay. It is okay, I guys. I don't... Listen... We went through this with Metcalf. Hold on, I love. Yeah, but it's not true. It's not true that ever. It's it's a requirement and it's something that it's all, not a requirement. All, but if well, but you it's, just said, it's overwhelming. Right, bye, buddy. But you just said literally everyone, and it's not true that literally every elite guy. Not not all number ones wrestle like this. There's it's actually pretty rare. And Nolf is not characterized as a guy that typically does it. Every single match, Gable Stevenson is shoving, face mushing, being demonstrative. I have no issue with it, but that don't act like, oh yeah, Spencer's doing that and Seth Gross is doing Seth Gross? Right? People complain about about Spencer Lee's arm bars all the time. Uh, ta- that's people, not what they're talking about. That's not what they're talking about. Yeah, it's the brutality. It's the uh, I'm talking about the overall brutality of being a top guy. Like that's overwhelmingly the top guys about. are brutal because that's what wrestling is. It's brutal. It sucks. Like it's hard. Like yeah, Yanni's not brutal. You know? It's uh, Matthew Kalazic's not brutal. 
They're they're really skilled guys. I don't yeah, think, Vincenzo the, Joseph's not brutal. Part part of part of the, the skill is making the other guy quit and and pushing the line. Like, okay, then you can say some people do that, but not. You can't it's, say it's 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 more it's more good guys than not. I don't know. No, I just I just true. made like like five that I don't think do. All right, that's enough. It's time to go. Uh, good guys are mean. Play Generally play speaking. us out. Um, Thank you for that. Hit him. Tap him, no man. I was, I was oh, they're playing the wrong song, but that's okay. We're not going to restart the show. We're going to end the show. Aloha. It's time it's to go. Pool noodle. There it is. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Flow Wrestling Radio Live. Loud. We will be back Thursday with so much to talk about. A lot we, of predictions. We a lot of predictions. Probably more chicken bets, which is good because I win them exclusively. So you guys are bad at making bets. Kyle, the most le- recent victim. No, Bo, let's do this. <laughs> Bo, uh, Bo, you. Come on, let one slide. Seven-pointer ain't going to kill you. You got the hodge, buddy. (laughs) We'll be back Thursday to talk all the great matches. Thank you to Asics. Thank you to you. Thanks for your patience. An hour and 37 minutes. Um, Good energies, start to finish. See you guys.